Well, good morning, church. Trust that you're having a great week this week. We're continuing in our series today, Faith for a Great Future. Last week, I read to you from James chapter 1, verses 22 to 25, and I'm going to reread these verses this morning. We're going to set out from here, and this morning, we're really going to be looking at the importance of obeying God's Word and the blessings that are attached to obedience, okay? So that's really the heartbeat of this message this morning. The importance of obeying God's word and the blessing of God that's attached to obedience. Let's start by reading from James chapter 1 verses 22 through to 25. It says this. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. Now, very simply, what James is teaching us here is this, that the blessing of God is not attached to what we hear. The blessing of God comes as a result of what we do. When we obey what God has said, when we obey the direction that God gives to us and the guidance that he provides, his blessing comes on the work of our lives. We want the blessing of God as we go forward into our future. But the blessing of God doesn't come as a result of our guesswork. The blessing of God doesn't come as a result of us just allowing life to navigate us through as we go forward. No, the blessing of God comes as a result of us obeying his word, understanding it, listening to it, receiving it, and then practically implementing it in our daily lives. You know, sometimes the guidance of God's word the instructions and the commands that he gives us, sometimes they go against our reason. Sometimes the guidance of God's word that he provides, the light unto our feet, the lamp unto our path, comes in a, in a form that we don't want to receive, comes in a way that we choose to reject. But the blessing of God is attached to the obedience of God's word. And you know, when we disobey God's word, we've got to come back into step. We've got to come back into line. We've got to redirect and re-navigate and re-centralize our lives, not against our words and against our thoughts and against our desires. No, we've got to recalibrate our lives against the word of God that never changes, that is set, that is absolute. And as we do that, the blessing of God comes on our lives. Do you know, I'm so grateful that God is gracious to us 
How many times have we disobeyed? How many times have we wandered down some road that God hasn't directed us on and he comes to us like that shepherd running after that lost little lamb. He carries us on his shoulders and he restores us back into the fold. There's been so many occasions in my life where I've disobeyed God's word, sometimes intentionally, because it gave me advice that I didn't want to hear. Other times I was just ignorant of what I needed to do, ignorant about what I needed to do. And on other occasions I was just simply a forgetful hearer and I was disobedient. And what I've discovered this, what I've discovered is this, and it's a really simple lesson. Listen, God's blessing does not rest on disobedience. God's blessing rests on obedience. And that's what James tells us from what we have read this morning. You know, I've learned some, some really important lessons through my journey as I followed Jesus in my life. I've learned some really important lessons about obedience through my disobedience. Now that might sound strange, but I tell you now, one of the things that I've learned about not obeying God's word is that his blessing does not rest on your life. He can't bless disobedience. God blesses obedience. And if that's the one thing that you get from this word this morning, I believe it'll be an important insight revelation for your life as you go forward into your future. No, some of the greatest lessons that I've learned about obedience is, has been through my disobedience. Sometimes God has directed me in a certain way and I've gone the other way because I've just wanted to do it my way and I've lost my peace. I've lost the nearness of his presence because I've wandered off down some road that God didn't plan for me to go on. I've just, yeah, maybe may have been a hearer of his word, but when it came to the nitty-gritty of doing it, well, that's been another matter. And I've learned, you know, sometimes the peace of God has gone from my life or I have left it. And, you know, you get into all kinds of confusion. You carry all kinds of fears. But when you obey God's word... When you, when you decide and you make that decision to do it God's way, oh, the blessing of peace, oh, the rest that you receive, oh, the abundance of joy that you know, even amidst difficulty. When you're doing it God's way, there's something about God's way. When his blessing comes on your life as a result of you simply obeying his word, it's life in all of its fullness that Jesus has come to provide. So I want to encourage you this morning. Whatever, whatever way God is speaking to you, in whatever way he's directing and guiding you to obey, listen, even though it may come and it may cut across decisions you've made, Listen, recenter your life to obey God's word. Recalibrate your mind. Recalibrate your attitudes and your actions to follow God's way because that is what's going to bring you success. That is what is going to bring you great blessing. James isn't, you know, getting up in our face, pointing his finger 
at us saying, listen, you should be obeying God as if, you know, he's being really hard and down on us. No, James is imploring us through his words to obey God's word and not just hear it. Why? Because he wants the blessing of God to rest on us. He wants us to to experience that supernatural life, that supernatural blessing that comes only through obedience. I remember living in South Africa years ago now, and um, I learned a really important lesson about obedience through being disobedient. One occasion, the Holy Spirit just gently spoke to me, and he told me to give a certain amount of money to a young pastor and his wife. And immediately, you know, I just kind of ignored what he was saying, and I thought, that's not God like you do. And I thought, no, I'm not listening to that. And I became very selective in my hearing. And I just, you know, put it behind me and just decided to carry on as I was carrying on. You know, I had needs. I I was a Bible student. I had bills. I had needs to meet. I had student fees to cover. I can't afford to give, you know, a hundred pounds. It was something like a hundred pounds to this pastor. I can't afford to do that. I've got to look after myself. Well, maybe a month and a half later, I just one afternoon, you know, decided to have a little pray and just to fellowship with the Holy Spirit. I'd been reading the Bible and I just thought, oh, do you know what? I just want to just maybe have a little time of prayer in my bedroom and talk to the Holy Spirit and thank him for his goodness. And I'll never forget it. I went into my bedroom and I said, Holy Spirit, like you do. I love hearing your voice. And it was quiet. I said, Holy Spirit, I love hearing your voice. And then very gently and softly, the Holy Spirit said, Dave, no, you don't. You don't love hearing my voice. I said, Holy Spirit. What do you mean? And you know the voice of the Holy Spirit when he talks to you. That was the last thing I expected to hear. I really did not expect the Holy Spirit to respond to me after I had said to him, I love hearing your voice. I didn't expect to hear, no, you don't love hearing my voice. I said, Holy Spirit, what do you mean? He said, well, Dave, he said, you love hearing my voice when it's about you. You love hearing my voice when I'm telling you that you're blessed, when I'm telling you that you're victorious, when I'm telling you about my exceedingly great and precious promises and how they want to be fulfilled in your life. You love hearing me. You love hearing my voice when it's comforting, when it's calming. When it comes to your rescue, that's when you love hearing my voice, Dave. But Dave, and he reminded me, he said, Dave, I asked you to give that hundred pounds to that pastor just a few weeks ago and you ignored me. You just acted as if it wasn't me and you put it behind you and you've carried on for this last past month on your merry way 
you know, shouting and singing in church on a Sunday, praising God in Bible school on a Monday through to Friday. But Dave, in reality, you don't, you don't love my voice. You love my voice when it's about you. But when it's about somebody else, well, Dave, that's a different matter. Do you know, I learned a great lesson there about obedience through my disobedience. I said to the Holy Spirit, I said, Holy Spirit, please, I'm sorry. You see, I realized I couldn't go on without hearing that voice of the Holy Spirit in my life. I could not go on into my future in broken fellowship with the Holy Ghost. He's the one that took me to South Africa. I owed him everything and still owe him everything. Without him, what is there? No, I need the Holy Spirit and I needed him right there. I said, Holy Spirit, I'll give the hundred pounds. And he turned around and said to me, he said, well, Dave, no. He said, that's not what I want you to do. I said, well, whatever you want me to do, Holy Spirit, I'll do. Please tell me. I just want our union to be restored. That intimacy that we have, I just, I just need it, please. He said, well, Dave, he said, now, he said, I want you to empty your bank account. I thought, oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But that was the word of God. I want you to empty your bank account, Dave, and I want you to give it to that young pastor. So, do you know, I knew it was the word of God. It was challenging. It was kind of dramatic for me, to be honest with you. And God hasn't ever told me to do that since. Not yet, anyway. But he told me, he said, you've got to empty your bank account. And the only way that I could just get peace, the only way where I could just know the favor and the blessing of God on my life again was to just empty that bank account. And I gave it to my friend and I just asked him to give this money to this young pastor and his wife anonymously so that they could be blessed. Well, the report came back to me from that young man that I'd given the money to. He said the, that it was exactly what that couple needed. They were praying and God really met their needs. I learned an important lesson that day through my disobedience. That if I was going to have fellowship with the Holy Spirit, if I was going to walk with him, and his favor be on my life, and his blessing come as a result of my obedience. I realized that it was important not only to hear what he said, but to actually do it. Well, a few weeks later, I had no money in my bank account, and the bills were coming in. I just, I was at the sink one night washing the dishes as a good Bible student, and I was just praying. I said, Holy Spirit, listen, I've been obedient I've got some bills I've got to pay. They've got to be paid this week. I haven't got any money in my bank account. I know you know that because you told me to give it all away. I need your help. So I just left it with him and rested it, rested in the fact that I had given it to him. It was a place of, of trust. The next day, I went into Bible school went into Bible school as normal and a person came up to me and they handed me an envelope with 
the exact amount of money that I needed to pay all of my bills for that month and some other months. And I had prayed for a specific amount. It was probably about 200 pounds. I had prayed for 200 pounds and it was given to me 200 pounds, but in South African rand. And it was sent six weeks before from a person that was in this church. I tell you now, when you try to work out God's ways of getting things to you, it just baffles your mind. But I learned such an important lesson there. I learned such an important truth through my disobedience. I learned a lesson about obedience that when we obey God's word, supernatural blessing rests on our lives. And I want to encourage you this morning. Listen, obey God's word. God wants us to obey his word, right? Not because he, he's, you know, this kind of angry figure that says, it's my way or the highway. You do it my way or I'm going to be really insulted. There's no other way but my way. No, do you know what? God is very gracious. And the reason why he wants us to obey his word is because it's the only way that our lives can be blessed. It's the only way that our lives can be fulfilled. And sometimes it really does take, you know, a big jump of faith like it did for me in that situation. It took a big jump of faith to actually do what God was telling me to do. But that became such an important time in my life. And today I even, you know, refer back to that because it's such a powerful testimony to me. It really is. So listen, obey God's word. Listen to his voice. What you read and, and, and as he speaks to you through his word, be determined to Ask the Holy Spirit to give you the power and the faith to do that with all of your heart. Now I'm going to read to you from Revelations chapter 10 as we begin this morning. And it's quite an amazing picture that we get. John the Apostle is on the Isle of Patmos. He's there for the word of God. He's been exiled. He's been banished to this barren rock in Greece and he's been left there to die. That's what the Romans had decided to do with this great apostle. Exile him to a barren rock so, they, so that they could shut him up. Well, John saw it a different way. He saw it that he was there for the word of God and in Revelation chapter 10 something amazing happens to John as he is encouraged by the angel, commanded by the angel in fact, to eat the scroll, to eat the word of God. Let's read it and um, we'll see a very powerful picture from what is happening in John's life as he eats this word of God and it's a real powerful message for us practically as we seek to obey God's word. Revelations chapter 10 verse 10 says this, then I took the little book out of the angel's hand and ate it. And it was as sweet as honey in my mouth. 
But when I had eaten it, my stomach became bitter. And he said to, to me, you must prophesy again about many peoples, nations, tongues, and kings. Now what I want you to see here this morning from what we've read in Revelations chapter 10 verse 10 is this, John's reaction to the word of God that he ate. He had two reactions to that word that he ate. The first reaction was that it was sweet like honey in his mouth. But then that sweet honey that John tasted in his mouth as he digested it down into his stomach became bitter. That very word that began so sweet in his mouth, in his, in his senses, in his experience as it was digested and taken down into his stomach became bitter to him. Now the message that comes to us from this spiritual experience that John had is this. The word of God is always sweet like honey. It's sweet in its taste to men and women as they receive it. However, as it's digested into life situations, everyday decisions and choices attitudes, thoughts, and actions, our, action, our reaction to it sometimes can be bitter if we're not willing to obey it. Now, it wasn't, it's important for me to say this as we move on from here, it wasn't bitter to John because of John's disobedience. John was receiving that sweet word in his mouth and it was becoming bitter in his stomach because of what he had to speak to disobedient nations, to disobedient people. It would be bitter to them who chose to disobey that sweet guidance, that sweet command of God's word. So it wasn't bitter to John as a result of his disobedience. No, he had to prophesy that word. But there's an amazing picture, there's an amazing parallel that comes to us as a message to us from John's experience as he ate the word of God. And it's this, that this sweet honey of God's word that we receive when it comes to obeying it, can be a bitter experience. When it comes and it challenges us and it seeks to correct us, when it wants to guide us and change our choices, it wants to change our choices. It wants to mold and fashion our attitudes. It wants to take hold of our thinking. It wants to have an effect on our actions, lifestyles, and the way that we live in our home. It wants to really unpack itself. Sometimes when the word of God, God's commands, get up in our faith, face and bring direction and correction to our lives, that sweet-like taste of his word suddenly becomes bitter because now we're being challenged to obey it. Now we're being challenged to change 
our given course in life. And you know, like me, sometimes we don't want to do that. Sometimes we don't want to listen. Listen to God's word. Now, today we're going to see how this unpack, unpacks itself in the life of a man in the Old Testament. The man is called Naaman. And Naaman was from Syria. You might have heard about Naaman. You might have read about Naaman as you've read through the Old Testament. And it's an incredible story, the story of his life. Naaman was a powerful general leading Syria's armies on behalf of the king. And he was very, very successful. He was wealthy. He was at the top of life. He had no need for anything. However, there was one thing he lacked. And it was in the area of his health. All of his attainments, all of his great acquisitions could not deal or help him with this one area of his health. Because Naaman was a leper. He was leprous. And the more successful he became, the more prominent he was, the more shameful and open was the need that he had in the area of his health. But into his great lack, now this is an amazing thing, into his great lack, into his great need, God's wisdom came. God's wisdom one day came into his life and it tasted just like that honey that John experienced in his mouth. And that sweet taste of honey came from a servant girl that was serving his wife. You know, Naaman heard a word from God through the mouth of this servant girl. And it gave him hope that he'd never had. It gave him a way through into, a, into health, into a future without leprosy. The word, just a, a small suggestion through the, through the mouth of a servant girl became an incredible hope in his heart. A, a, a huge expectation began that day when his servant girl spoke to his wife and his wife spoke to him. Oh, the wonderful word of God, the wisdom of God. It is so sweet to the taste because of what it promises and the blessing that it carries. And Naaman on this day heard that he could be free forever from his leprosy. That there was a God in heaven that healed. Oh, the hope in his heart, the, the expectation in his life now was renewed. And it was like honey, just like John experienced. It was like honey in his mouth. The slave girl, the servant girl spoke of a prophet in Samaria that could heal the sick. And Naaman took hold of this. And he went to the king immediately and began to ask if, if he could be released to go and visit this prophet in Samaria. 
Let's pick up for a moment from 2 Kings chapter 5 and we'll read this story. It's an incredible story about the word of God coming to a man, being sweet like honey in his taste, generating wonderful hope and expectation for his life. 2 Kings chapter 5 verses 1 to 4 says this, now Naaman commander of the armies of the king of Syria, was a great and honorable man in the eyes of his master. Because by him the Lord had given victory to Syria. He was also a mighty man of valor, but a leper. And the Syrians had gone out on raids and had brought back captive a young girl from the land of Israel. She waited on Naaman's wife, Then she said to her mistress, if only my master were with the prophet who is in Samaria, for he would heal him of his leprosy. And Naaman went in and told his master, the king, saying, thus and thus said the girl who is from the land of Israel. Then the king of Syria said, go now and I will send a letter to the king of Israel. Israel. So that happens. Naaman packs up his his clothing. He takes 10 sets of clothes and he takes all of this money, gold and silver and he goes on his way to see the king of Israel. And the king of Israel suddenly panics because he realizes that he can't do anything to heal Naaman. But in the midst of that, Elisha the prophet hears. The prophet who's in living in Samaria, he hears, uh, what, uh, he, he hears about Naaman's condition. And suddenly, Elisha now invites Naaman to go to his home. Let's pick it up in 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 9 through to 19. Then Naaman went with his horses and chariots, and he stood at the door of, Of Elisha's house. And Elisha sent a messenger to him, saying, Go and wash in the Jordan seven times, and your flesh shall be restored to you, and you shall be clean. So now, this is a kind of a a, a real uh, situation that is bringing conflict and challenging Naaman's pride. Naaman's at the door of Elisha with all of his entourage. Elisha won't even come to see Naaman. He sends his servant to him. And this command of going and washing in the Jordan seven times really cuts into Naaman's pride. But that's the word. Naaman hears it. And there's blessing attached to it. If he dips in the Jordan seven times, his flesh will be restored. He will be made clean. That's the simplicity of this promise. You've just got to obey it. You've just got to do it, Naaman. So straight straight away here, the word of God really does rattle Naaman's resolve. Because now Naaman begins to get offended. And we'll read it now. Naaman gets offended. 
and incensed by the direction and the guidance that God is given to, giving to him and instructing him to do. He doesn't want to do it. When he heard the word of God in Syria, it was sweet like honey. It came from the mouth of that servant girl. Oh, the joy, the expectation, the hope that was born in his heart caused him to travel hundreds of miles from Syria to Samaria. And now being faced to obey God's word, being faced with the, 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 the rigors of obedience, he has to make a decision whether he's going to accept it or reject it. And what we see is, as we read, this sweet word that was to his taste like honey had now become bitter as it was being digested in his life. Verse 11 says this, But Naaman became furious and went away and said, Indeed, I said to myself, he will surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and wave his hand over the place and heal the leprosy. Elijah did completely the opposite. Elijah did not fulfill Naaman's interpretation of the word that he'd heard. Eli Elisha, sorry, didn't fulfill Naaman's expectations. He didn't even come out to meet him. Naaman wanted an audience with Elisha. Elisha just stayed in the back room with God and sent his servant out to address Naaman on his behalf. Naaman was incensed by this whole ordeal and the word that was so sweet had suddenly become bitter in his experience because now Elijah, Elisha was telling him to wash and dip himself in the dirtiest river, the river Jordan. Verse 12 he says this, are not the Abna and the Farpar the rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? Could I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went away enraged. You see, Naaman wanted to do God's will on his terms. He wanted to really mold and squeeze God's word and God's will into his ways and expect the blessing to come. But no, the direction was clear and unchanging. If Naaman was going to be healed, if Naaman was going to receive the miracle that God had for him, then he had to do it God's way and he had to obey God's word. Remember, when we... Just reread what James said as we began this morning. James implores us, don't just be hearers of the word. Oh, when we hear the word of God, it is sweet like honey. When we hear the word of God, it's easy to quickly amen it and praise God over it. But then when it's digested into our lives, when it has to bring correction and direction and order into our thoughts and our attitudes and our lifestyles, Sometimes then, it's bitter in our experience. 
God's word isn't bitter ever. God's word is always sweet like honey. It's settled in heaven forever. It is perfect. But our interpretation of it, our experience towards it can be bitter when we don't want to obey it. And this was, this was Naaman's initial reaction to the direction of God's word. Go wash in the Jordan seven times and your flesh shall be restored to you. It's a simple command. Your flesh will be restored to you and you shall be clean. You know, Naaman just confessed openly. He said, listen, I, I wanted it done this way. I, I, I had, I'd, I'd interpreted the word of God being fulfilled in the way that I wanted it fulfilled, and you're telling me this, it's insulting. It's against my reason. It's against my dignity. It's against everything that I'm about. But no, he had to humble himself and come in line with God's word in order to receive God's best for his life. 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 13. Now watch how... His servants come to his aid and wisely direct him, wisely speak to him so that he can experience God's blessing on his life. Listen to it. 2 Corinthians, uh, sorry, 2 Kings 5 verse 13 to 16 says this. And his servants came near. And spoke to him and said, My father, if the prophet had told you to do something great, would you not have done it? How much more then when he says to you, Wash and be clean? So he went down and dipped seven times in the Jordan, according to the saying of the man of God. And his flesh was restored like the flesh of a little child. And he was clean. And he returned to the man of God. He and all of his aides. And came and stood before him. And he said, indeed, now I know that there is no God in all the earth except in Israel. Now, therefore, please take a gift from your servant. But he said, as the Lord lives, this is Elisha speaking, as the Lord lives before whom I stand, I will receive nothing. And he urged urged him to take it, but he refused. So Naaman, verse 17 to 19 says this, so Naaman said, then if not, please let your servant be given two mule loads of earth. For your servant will no longer offer either burnt offerings or sacrifice to other gods, but to the Lord. Yet in this thing, may the Lord pardon your servant when my master goes into the temple of Rimon to worship there. And he leans on my hand and I bow down in the temple of Rimon. When I bow down in the temple of Rimon, may the Lord please pardon your servant in this thing. Then he said, Go in peace. So he departed. It's an amazing story. 
It's an amazing picture of what John tells us about when he experienced eating the word of God, where that initial taste was like honey, sweet like honey, but as it was digested down into his stomach, became a bitter experience as he had to confront people who were disobedient in the nations. Naaman experienced that sweet word of God, that sweet word of God that offered healing, that offered hope, that generated a wonderful expectation in his heart. But then when he came face to face with obeying the word of God and doing what the prophet had declared, that's when that sweet word of God suddenly turned bitter in his experience. And he was furious. He rose up against it. I'm not doing that. He was incensed. But the wisdom of his servants came and advised him came and directed him and gently corrected him. Naaman dips in the dirtiest river, the river Jordan, seven times. His flesh is restored. Why? Because the blessing of God rests on obedience, faith obedience, as we follow God's word, no matter how ridiculous it might seem to your reason. No matter how it opposes your decisions, and how it tries to redirect your life, no matter how counteractive it seems, you've got to go with it, just like I have. You've got to go with that word of God and obey it and believe it and see the blessing of God supernaturally come and rest on your life as you carry out his work in doing what he's called you to do. You know, just finally as we close today, I was just thinking about the story that Corey Ten Boom tells in that book, The Hiding Place. And Corey Ten Boom, as many of you will know, was in Nazi Germany in the Second World War. She was in a concentration camp. Her and her sister, Betsy, and, you know, they underwent terrible suffering and terrible trials in that concentration camp. Like all of the other many, many thousands of prisoners did. And one day they were, they were stood on the, in, in the concentration camp grounds. And they were just praying and they were, as ever, just trusting God to get them through each and every day. When a soldier came up. And just, you know, for no reason at all, struck Corey Temboom's sister, Betsy, in the head with the butt of his rifle. She went to the floor and he began to kick her and, and, and hit her with the butt of that rifle to the point that she was knocked unconscious. And he just continued to brutally beat her and hit her to where she lost her life. Many years after the war, with that awful, tragic, evil event behind her, Corey Ten Boom rose up and began to preach God's word in Germany. And she began 
to preach on God's forgiveness and she encouraged the people of God in the churches that she went to to accept God's forgiveness and to forgive one another. And it was a powerful message. God was using her in a powerful way. The word of God in her mouth was sweet like honey. Sweet like honey to the masses of people that were coming and receiving salvation and forgiveness for their sins. Many hundreds each night as they listened to this wonderful woman of God preach the word of God. We're receiving his forgiveness and his grace and his salvation. The word of God in her mouth was sweet like honey. But at the end of one evening, at the end of one meeting, a man came from the back of the crowd after many of the people had left. And it was the very soldier that had killed her sister so coldly and brutally in that concentration camp many years before with the butt of his rifle. And he held his hand out and he said, Sister, can God forgive me? Suddenly, she went cold from the top of her head to the soles of her feet. She did not know what to do. And all of these feelings began to rise up in her heart. And in moments, she was having a conversation with Jesus. She said, Jesus, I can't forgive this man. But then she said this, if you will help me to forgive him, I will forgive him. And it was like the voice of the Holy Spirit said, reach out your hand. Don't depend on your feelings. Forgive him in faith. What was happening in these moments when Corey Ten Boom was faced with this mountain, this, this huge wall, this, this dead end point in her life. What was happening? Well, that word of God that had been so sweet in her mouth was now at a place where it was bitter to her experience. But as she reached out her hand, her feelings bitter, her feelings all over the place, out of control, as she reached out her hand to hold that man's hand in faith, she said, Sir, I forgive you. And suddenly the love of God came into her heart. The love of God came into that impossible situation that she faced. And suddenly she was free of all of those awful emotions. Suddenly she was free of all of that bitter experience that surrounded the memory of that man as the word of God became alive in her, in this area of her life. What was happening? Well, the blessing of God, the supernatural provision of God was being released through her to that man. And into her need that, that provided her a way forward on beyond that night. And you know what? Years after she said genuinely because of the love of Jesus in her heart. She could look that man in, her, in, in the eye and forgive him. That is the wonderful blessing 
that comes on our lives when we obey God's word. Do you know there's things, there's giants that come our way and we are powerless under their shadow sometimes in our own strength, in our own emotions, in our own will and resolve to conquer them. We are powerless under their shadow. And that sweet word of God that, that we've heard, that sweet word of God that's been so rich to our taste, seems so bitter sometimes under the shadow of these giants in life. But listen, child of God, if you will step forward simply to obey God's word, maybe counteracting your feelings, counteracting your attitudes, counteracting your decisions, if you, will, if you will obey his word in faith, those giants will come down and the blessing of God will rest on you and do for you what you cannot do. Do you know, the blessing of God, the blessing of God is there for every single one of us as we go forward into the future and obey his word. Remember, God doesn't just bless what we hear. God's blessing rests on what we do with what we hear. I'm going to pray right now and we're just going to ask the Holy Spirit right now to help us not only be hearers of his word but to be doers of his word and to see that blessing of God come on our lives as we obey the word that he has spoken to us. Father I pray for your people right now. Holy Spirit I, as we have listened to your word and as your word like seed has gone into our hearts I pray that as life comes our way and as we are faced with choices to obey your word I pray that we would go forward and apply your word to our lives that we would unpack it we'd obey it we'd not only listen to it and hear it but we would follow its direction and its guidance in everyday life and we would experience we would experience the wonderful blessing that you have for us in all areas of our lives as we obey your word. I ask this for your people in Jesus' name. Amen. And if you're listening today and you've never asked Jesus into your heart, do you know the Bible says, call on the name of the Lord and you shall be saved. Why don't you pray with me right now? This is going to be your first step of obedience maybe. And it's going to lead to the blessing of God on your life. For the first time as, you, as we pray together. The blessing of God is going to rest on you. You're going to tangibly feel it. You're going to tangibly know an experience of life where Jesus comes and lives in your heart. Your life is never going to be the same. A miracle is going to take place. I ask you today to pray with me, to call on his name. And as you do, a miracle is going to take place. Why don't you say these simple words? They're just going to help you and direct you in your, in your heart towards God. Pray with me right now. Say this, Jesus I ask you today to come into my heart, to come into my life. 
I believe that you died on the cross to forgive me my sin. I'm a sinner. I ask you to forgive me and live in my heart. I ask you to give me new life through the power of your Holy Spirit. Right now, I ask you for this and thank you for it. This is my first step of obedience, coming to you, calling on your name, believing in my heart that you are my saviour. And as I obey you today, thank you that your blessing will rest on my life from this day forward. Amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer... This is a wonderful beginning. This is the first moments of a new life for you in Christ Jesus. And we would love to be a part of that here in the church. We'd love to send you some uh, some material that we have that we've produced as a church to help you in your in your walk with Jesus. And also we'd love to be the, the family that gives you your first Bible. Why don't you just uh, write us an email on our website, on our King's website, and just maybe send us a message or maybe get in touch with the friend that's told you to watch this uh, webcast today. Listen, we'd love to be in touch with you. Just give us a call and we will be in touch. We'd love to hook up with you and God bless you. And remember, a miracle has taken place today. Church, have a wonderful week and um, Stay in God's word. Let's keep going forward into this future that God has planned for us. And remember, let's always ask for the Holy Spirit's help, the Holy Spirit's strength, not only just to hear and receive the word like honey, but also to do the word and to obey the word so the blessing of God can rest on the lives that we live. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, church. Have a great week and stay strong in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.